0: stop wishing start doing it it, it's such a simple saying that encompasses so much if you think about it it can it can be a factor in anybody's life no matter where they're at stop wishing start doing you are now tuning in to the Rump next podcast with your host
1: cole nixon much love One last thing before we get into today's episode. A lot of people ask how they can support the podcast. Well, I have a couple easy ways. The first way is just listen and subscribe. And another thing you can do is go follow the Roughnecks podcast on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube as well. If you get something out of today's show, then do me a favor, share it with a friend. If you really want to go above and beyond to support the podcast, then head over to roughnextpodcast.com and get you some of that merch. I appreciate all of the support, but let's get into today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Roughnecks podcast. <coughs> oh, wow. Starting off great. There we go. <laughs> Before we dive into today's guest, a couple things that I want to talk about. The day this episode comes out, there will be a promotion, a promo on the website for merch. Um, if you want to go over and get any of the merch on the website, use the promo code SPOOKY for 10% off your order. And other than that, that is all the announcements that I have today. So joining me today is none other than a recur- returning guest, but all the way back from, I ha- I'll have to look at what episode it was. I want to say it was 16, but Trevor Scott, welcome back to the Roughnecks podcast after a very long break.
0: Heck yeah, man. It's all- excited to be back.
1: Yeah, you were one of the original guests, I believe it was in January of like 2020 yes covid yeah it was it, it was, was during covid it was a long time ago but i'm glad I'm able to bring you back on and uh cuz a lot has changed with you i feel like since that um that episode and the uh, cuz i think apex was just yeah. getting yeah. ready to start up or just started when you were originally on
0: yeah so it was during covid and uh we had all the gyms were closed down and well pretty much everywhere and so with the unknowns of what we were going to encounter going forward um, while we were already shut down, we just go went ahead and made a little pivot and um, joined another local gym, uh, brought our resources together. And it was probably the best decision that's ever happened um, in times of one of the most difficult times for everybody out there um, as far as uh, just unsure uncertainty and uh, made a little pivot. We uh when we reopened and we were allowed to reopen, um, it was rebranded as the Apex. We were in a new location, had some new features, um, a lot of fun stuff for our uh, clientele, and uh, yeah, that's kind of how it was all born out of COVID.
1: I guess there are good things that came from COVID as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even yeah. though most people, most every almost everybody focuses on or like you notice the negative stuff from you know COVID, and it wasn't necessarily like an easy time for anyone. Everybody went through their, you know, their hardships, some tougher than others. But you that like you talked about you didn't focus like, yeah, you get gyms closed down and stuff like that. But you saw an opportunity to repivot and like re like kind of I don't want to say fix, but like take a opportunity to take it in another direction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's going to be all kinds of ups and downs in everybody's uh, whether it's their life or their business, whatever it happens to be, um, you know. There's a couple different types of people out there. Some people just kind of let them get, let themselves get smacked in the face and they just don't really do anything about it and just keep getting beaten down and say, why me, poor me, you know. Um, everybody was going through some tough time during COVID especially. And uh, it's what are you going to do during those tough times? And so thank goodness, uh, you know, you keep grinding, you keep pushing through, you keep coming up with a ways to pivot around some of the difficulties and uh, hopefully you come out on top. And if you don't, you try the next idea. And if you don't, you try the next idea and you keep pushing until, uh, until you make it. And I'll tell you one thing that's not going to work is just kind of uh, sitting on the sidelines and just saying, poor, poor, pitiful me. So yeah, thank goodness we did that and it worked out for our benefit. Um, it's been awesome. It's been a blessing in disguise. And sometimes out of the darkest times come the brightest moments.
1: We'll definitely get more into Apex, but one of the things um, to kick off our episodes, I always allow the guests to kind of give a background on themselves, so I wanted you to give a background on who you are before we get too far into this episode.
0: Yeah, um, wow, that's, there's so much. Started <laughs> off as, let's just go all the way back to all my passions when I was younger. Um, sports was played a big role in my life. It, no individual sports uh, necessarily, I played them all. Uh, baseball basketball football golf track i did it all at one point um love sports love the team aspect of things Mm -hmm. love the fact of um the more you put into something the more you get out of it and teaching someone hard work discipline showing up on time all those kind of things um, that go with sports and athletics um had a passion for math uh growing up so as a big math nerd um once I got to college, I uh, studied mathematics and wanted to be a math teacher, I thought. And I went down that route when I graduated. Um, I was a teacher for three years, um, loved aspects of it, didn't love other aspects of it. Um, and that's when I've always had fitness and the gym life in my, in my uh, personal life. And so I pivoted to not just personal training, but eventually opened my own gym, Started off as a training facility, then it built to a little bigger gym, and now the Apex, which is a 24-hour fitness facility. Um, I summed that up very quickly in 30 seconds right there. But, I mean, that's something that took a, a decade to do, um, a long time of grinding it out, slowly building, slowly getting bigger. Um, and the cool thing is now I get to use a lot of my math background and do some nerdy, fun stuff with all my athletes that I train. I'm a big... Um, trainer of athletes in the area. And I um, I love to get data on all my athletes. So that's another little thing from my background um, that I like to bring into modern day. Uh, as far as that goes, I do some velocity-based training. And that's something that, that can be a whole separate topic um, if you want it to be. But as far as background goes, that's kind of it. That's that, that's the, the, the quick and shortened version of it. But yeah, um, it's been... I don't want to call it a success story because you're always uh, striving and reaching for more. But in it's been uh, a slow, long grind with a lot of tough times in the last 10 years. And, you know, if you keep pushing and you keep pivoting and keep making some uh, good, sound decisions, hopefully eventually come out on top.
1: One of the things that you talked about during that that I really like because it's a re- reoccurring theme on this podcast with a lot of, you know, basically people that are older than me on this podcast that aren't just out of college or you know in college now but you you talked about you said you wanted to be a math teacher you thought mm-hmm. we all go into out of high school thinking we know what we want to do or you know it, whether it's college or not college and sometimes that that was something i talked about with um a guest that i recorded with this week because he was like you know uh i college isn't for everyone and like it is for certain people, but like me, I don't know honestly how I went through college first off, but (laughs) it's one of those that you think you're going to have it figured out when you're in high school or when you're just into the college world, but you don't most. That's why the average person changes their major like four times or whatever. I don't know the exact number, but it's it. There's a reason because you're still learning who you are. You're still learning your passions. Like, I mean, when you first met me, podcasting was not even a thing in my mind like that I would have thought about, and then you know fast forward through college and then there all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh, podcasting is awesome, and all this stuff and like I went to college for marketing, but I work a manual labor job now I still do use my marketing degree to a to a degree, but it's it's definitely something that I'm passionate about, but like you you find where what fits for you, and it may not be the exact path you thought it was that's the thing like, you're never going to go the straight path that's not that's the easy path but it it's not usually the right one the one that is all jagged and you got to go left you got to go right you fall down that, that's the path that you probably should take
0: absolutely i am um, you know there was a huge push for college and marketing college as something that everybody needed to do um let's let's rewind let's call it i don't know 20 30 40 years ago and it was just the push you know what i mean and you know i think that since then um, you know the modern day thing it's marketing of the skills and the trades and there's other really important jobs that people can make a great living off of um, and like you said college isn't for everybody and it can be a terrible return on your investment um, i'd speak i talk about college as far as a return on investment um, you know, what are you going for? How much are you going to end up in debt for the job that you're going for? And there are certain things that you have to have a college degree for. Um, there are other things that I think you're better served doing another path um, and not going so far in debt for something that you can get real world experience, which is better than college anyways. So I think it just needs to be a whole shift on what we put emphasis on as far as uh does everybody have to go to college? Um, start making some positive spins, um, some positive marketing out there for people who don't go to college and those possible routes. Um, and I just think that it's slowly coming. I think people are realizing that more and more, um, especially when you have people like myself not using their degree and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I completely agree. The resiliency part, you were talking about that. You have to be able to bounce around. Sometimes, you, you know, you don't have your original path in life and being able to be resilient and being able to, um, you know, Go with the flow as per se as different difficult situations arise in your life because it's going to happen to every single person. Um, Being able to shrug those off and keep pushing forward, being able to maneuver and slightly go this way, pivot this way, um, you're going to need that skill. And so whether that is when you're younger doing sports, whether it's doing different competitions, however you learn that skill of being able to roll with the flow, being able to pivot, being able to make slight, slightly different decisions. That's going to be a huge key um, character trait that you're going to want to develop throughout, uh, throughout your life. And if you don't have it right now, uh, buckle up because it's going to happen.
1: That's why I think sports is such a good thing for young people. And I feel like you can say the same as me. Like it shaped who I am. It taught it teaches you so much. It teaches you how to work as a team. Even if it's an individual sport, it teaches you a lot of different things. Like you learn I you can go on and on and make a giant list of what sports can teach you that will help you in the real world. There was times back in high school I remember my high school football coach, you know, certain things he would say, certain like lessons he would, you know, teach us while it was supposed to be about football and it was but then like when you get older you look back and you're like that wasn't just about football like that was about life and like just how you like adversity that's one of the things sports taught me so much and I feel like it helped me so much more when I got older like if you're in the workplace something goes wrong you can't just give up or you know point fingers saying it's their fault this person's fault whatever like you just take it as it comes and move on like you just got to you got to push past it because the more you sit there like you say sit on the sidelines and boohoo the more time you're wasting like you don't we don't have life is short we don't have time to waste might as well make the most of every opportunity that we were given
0: did you ever show up late to to, to a sporting event to a practice what was the emphasis on showing up late what was the emphasis on um, being on time um, as far as the things like that go and w- when you become an older adult, um, you come in the real world. Uh, things like that play a pivotal role. I see it all the time with employees, people. That, I mean, being punctual or being on time, that's a huge thing that sports um, teaches you. Any organization where the coach puts emphasis on holding you accountable, um, accountability is huge. Being able to pull your weight Um, Even if your weight is a limited role on said team or whatever it is, being able to do that, being able to be accountable for something, um, I see a massive difference in the workplace for those who have been held accountable before and know what a little bit of um, constructive criticism is where that is coming from. Versus people who are super thin-skinned and can't handle a little constructive criticism or can't handle, hey, I need you to kick it in gear. I need you to do something a little bit better. You're not, you know, you're not holding your weight here. Those two things. The last thing that is really, really important is sports that I see all the time. Or other organizations. I don't want to just knuckle it down just to sports. But I, that, that's my specific place I can talk from. In sports, you have like this bubble, right? And it's almost like your life um, because you don't know the real world when you're younger as much as you think you do. So let's call it, it's like its own little bubble. And in that little bubble, you get to experience successes, but then also failures that aren't life-threatening. Right. Um, if you think about that scary car accident that you got into, and I'm not saying you perci- specifically, but somebody maybe got into a little like fender bender or a scary car situation. Well, they become a better driver. Thank goodness nobody got hurt. Right. Um, these are like little mini failures inside sports, kind of like that situation where you can not have a life changing um, necessarily like failed opportunity you can learn to deal with failure learn to deal with adversity learn to deal with some of those things in a little microchasm a little bubble that doesn't necessarily affect the real world once you go out there hopefully you're a little better equipped at dealing with failures that happen throughout your life
1: you talked about you know constructive criticism and that part do you i mean that's one of the things that i feel like i want like i want constructive criticism because i remember having a meeting with my boss the one time and he was like, you know, you're doing this, this good that you're just pretty much keep it up like our yearly meeting. And I was like, okay, what can I work on? Like, tell me something. I want to be able, like, that's how I feel like everybody should be. Do you experience now, you know, you're doing a lot of personal training and stuff. Do you experience like sometimes you have those people where you can't necessarily give them as much constructive criticism as you would another um, client?
0: That's funny you said that. You just you just put it on a T for me and you didn't even know it. So <laughs> as far as like being a being a leader and being a leader doesn't mean you're just like the head of a company or you're the head of something. So you can be a leader in the little, in little segments of of different parts of life, being a leader amongst your friends, being so being a leader amongst your team at work to be a good leader. You have to learn how to maneuver your way with different people. Um, I'm not talking about manipulation. I'm talking about getting the most, out of your team getting the most out of the people around you and some people it, 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 with the sports this is something that you really learn um, you know everybody on our highly successful basketball teams growing up um, they all ticked different um, I got my motivation a different way um, our unbelievable center got his a different way and um, our point guard got his a different way and you had to talk to everybody slightly different. Um, you still have to get the point across. You can't just be a baby about everything, but you have to be able to talk to people differently. You have to be able to lead differently and you have to feel, figure out what makes people tick and being able to hold account people accountable without them, um, taking things too personal with being able to, um, know how to deal with them, to get the most out of them in a job site. That's huge. And for you, you said that you wanted to you know, experience a little bit more of the constructive criticism. What can I do right? What can I do or what can I do more? Um, You know, that shows your eagerness to learn. And there we go. There's another thing that uh, sports have taught us. And, you know, the more you work, the more you put into something, the more you get out of it. So kind of a two-fold up um, little piece of advice there that you kind of alluded to. Um, but dealing with being able to deal with each individual um, person slightly different, but still get the point across is a, is a sign of a very good leader.
1: You know you talked like I'd said about the you learning more, wanting to do more, and like it made me think of an episode that just came out recently with Reno Rita. He was a D1 uh, football player, played at Kent State, went to Watkins, and in high school he was a uh, defensive end, a tight end, and sometimes a tackle and a kicker and a punter and mm-hmm. which is a very strange thing but that's Watkins for you if that mm-hmm. makes sense of course i don't know Watkins just won their playoff game the other night so absolutely it's not. they're doing great but um he was talking about that and then in college he played offensive tackle and then he went back and coached some high school football like post-college and he was like you know I, we'd always have these kids oh i just want to play offense i just want to play defense and it's like no that's not like and it, like it translates like you said it translates to the real world the more you know the better off you're going to be his ep his whole like episode was basically based around his idea of learn a little bit more or yeah learn a little bit more than a little bit about a lot like try to learn as much as possible about everything and like yes you should have things that you are you know quote master but it like you need to have a uh, understanding of a lot of different things because One, when you have a conversation with somebody who is smarter than you and you should be having those conversations with people that are, you know, you think higher of, um, it makes it you are able to understand more of what they're saying. If, you know, whatever it is, it just it, it can help you so much the more, you know. Absolutely. Yep. The more, you know, the more, you know. So. Was sports kind of what got you into training, like being around the sports and, you know, what, what exactly got you into the training aspect of it?
0: Yeah. So when I was younger, um, I grew up like a lot of people that are maybe from a smaller town that doesn't have access to a ton of resources or more just seeing the training side of things. Um, I was smaller in high school, slender in stature. And I didn't really go into the weight room a ton uh, just because as an athlete, I was very gifted, um, in the skills department. So it was better than most people I played against just by being more skilled. Um, and that served as slightly as a detriment because then I didn't do much work in the weight room. Uh, once I got to college, I realized how much easier the, all the, the, the game just became by being stronger and what I was actually missing out on all those years. Um, and so I kind of fell in love with that side of things. And then, as I got out of college um, and I wanted to be able to pass that on to a lot of the younger athletes and be like, listen, you are missing out on a whole facet of your potential um, by just thinking that your skill skills alone are going to be able to get you uh, through this. Um, and you just find that, and I think that has something to do with the extra work that kids put in, but the more... Um, the more kids go and put the extra time in the weight room, man, you just see a lot about their character. They are unbelievable young young adults or adolescents in the community. And they just have an affinity for doing the extra work, um, putting in, um, going the extra mile as far as, as things like that go. And uh, just really love to see their potential as they start blossoming into a full-fledged adult and what they could become you know, down the road. And so working with athletes has really become a passion, but not just working with athletes, but showing them unlocking the true potential of everything from the weight room, not just the skills
1: department. Do you think, uh, you know, you talk about kids putting in extra work and stuff. I feel like sometimes the thing that you see a little bit that doesn't get talked about is, you know, kids getting burnout of, mm-hmm. you know, a sport or something. Do you think some th- there's like a line that of how much extra work should they put in? Or should it be, you know, their choice versus, you know, the parents maybe forcing them to do it? Like, where where do you, like, where do, what yeah. do you what are your thoughts on that?
0: Absolutely. Like, and the tough thing is it's, there's no cookie cutter answer because everybody's different and everybody takes a different amount to be burnout or everybody takes a different amount to maybe they're just that driven, you know, and there is no burnout factor for them. And so everybody's different. I think the best thing, I mean, as far as things go is, for athletes is a good general fitness preparedness um that can help them across all facets of athletics um you know it's tough for me because i don't like to tell anybody how to raise their child um but i definitely love you know a good two or three sport athlete i know it becomes tougher nowadays because if you're not focused on something a little bit more you know there there's a lot of kids who are um but there's a lot of also benefits from doing other sports. Um, it does help mitigate the burnout factor. But, man, the burnout factor is just always going to be there. And you as a parent, you just have to facilitate, I think, what the uh, what the kid loves, what the kid loves to do at that time. And, uh, you know, be there, support them. And uh, if they want to put in extra time, you know, absolutely, let's do it. Uh, if that changes over time, we can pivot, you know. Uh, things do change um, Different. They, they want to get into different sports, um, you know, whatever it has to be, but there's just no cookie cutter answer. Every, every kid's different. And yeah, I wish I had a, a more perfect answer for you.
1: Uh, I get it. Cause that's the reason I asked the question. Cause I don't know. Like it, like, I feel like nobody knows, like you said, yeah. there's no cookie cutter answer. It, it depends on the circumstance. Um, mm-hmm. And you said, you know, one of the things you like a multi-sport athlete, you sh- I feel like you definitely should play multiple sports. I know anymore today, I feel like you're starting to see, you know, the focus on like kids are focusing on this sport and that's all they want to play. And like, you know, it's fine. I feel like, but I, like it's that's not an every kid type of thing like Mm -hmm. and of course everybody's my parents thinks that their kid's gonna be you know d1 and like every. and like like i thought i could go d1 and then i went to d3 and was like holy crap these dudes are good and i'm only at the d3 level like it's you focusing on one sport is not necessarily the best option when you're young like maybe when you're in like high school like, if, if once you get to that point, but even that, not necessarily because, like, I mean, my passion was basketball growing up. And then once I got to high school, that shifted to football mm-hmm. because I played on a Friday night and I was like, this is awesome. And yeah, like right. a different, so like you're like, and we've already talked, like, your passions are going to change once you get in college. Your passions are going to change when you're 30, when you're 40. Like, it, they things change and shift. So, like, it, it's not focusing on one thing isn't really always the best option
0: yeah like i mean if while, while you're younger play as many sports as you can mm-hmm. play as many sports as uh you enjoy i mean obviously i'm not telling you to play something you don't enjoy but yeah play as many as you can as many as you enjoy but then once you get to uh you know say you're a junior and you're starting to get some big looks i mean yeah okay we get it there's no reason that for you to be baby playing these other sports if if, if you really have a chance to excel um you know if it's just um hey i'm solid and all these i mean I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's a personal decision, but yeah, I I would, I would wait until later in your high school career to really weed everything out. If you have the ability to play all the other ones, if you don't, that's whatever it is, but it also, you're going to, you only get one go at it and you're going to regret not participating as much as you probably did. You are going to look back and say, man, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. Whatever it happens to be, you're going to have some regrets about, high school or college or whatever about whether I played a sport or didn't play a sport. So just try to mitigate those um, regrets and p- do as much as uh, you know, you're
1: passionate about. Oh, I, I wish I had stuck with baseball. That's one sport yeah, that right? I wish I have Like, I feel like it was, when you were talking about that, I, I say it all the time. Like the one sport I wish I would have like, you know, spent more time with was baseball. And I mean, I gave it up in fifth grade to start playing AAU basketball because that was my passion. And I focused on that one sport and like it just cut another thing out. And um, but then also the opposite of, you know, I was not going to play basketball my senior year of high school. I ended up playing and I'm very glad I did because like it it was you only get one go. It was my last chance to really play basketball with an organized, you know, I'm very glad that I played. But
0: what? And and go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt you.
1: No, you're good. Go ahead. I was going to ask you another question. So
0: yeah if you but uh you know the the brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever that is formed when you go through something even even very remotely difficult, whether it's just a full season of sports and there's ups and downs through that, um, you see it obviously in the military, but you see it in a, in a lot of different facets, anybody who goes through something difficult together. There is a bond that is formed between those people and between those humans um, that th- just lasts forever. And so that is one of th- another reason to be able to participate in those team activities while you have a chance, while you're young. Um, you know, take advantage of that if you have that opportunity, because those bonds that you form last a lifetime.
1: Literally will last a lifetime. Like, <clears throat> I'm sure you still have people from your sports playing days that you talk to like regularly like Mm -hmm. i dante who was just on met during sports in high school still talk to each other scott like i have a list of people even from college that i still i just texted a couple buddies the other day just to check in see how they were doing you know it's literally like in college kids like a lot of those kids live in different states even like i you just form this bond with them like you said that is different than anything else like Sports is just a wonderful wonderful yep. thing one of the greatest things for like us
0: anything you go through something with, with somebody difficult you a bond is formed mm-hmm.
1: so what is this velocity based training that you have going on I've been seeing you posted in a lot of videos with it mm-hmm. i want to I'm curious about it because it yeah. seems in, it's it's i don't want to say it's different but it's a little different than your You know what you know most people have just like lifting weights and that kind of stuff
0: yeah so um, it is i i would say a i guess it's more more advanced but it's more advanced in terms of the fact that every lift is held accountable um, and so we track all the velocities in which you move weight so if you lift a hundred pounds uh, let's call it five times. It's not the same as lifting 100 pounds as fast as you can five times. You might be able to lift 100 pounds five times and be like, okay, I'm done. That was kind of tough, whatever you have you. But we're tracking maximum velocity on every single lift, heavy or light. Um, and basically looking at, um, yeah, maxing out every every single, your force production. So I'm looking more at, the force in which you produce than I am the weight that you lift. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So my numbers are looking more at force and power. Power is a different, slightly different than force, but I'm looking at those, those velocity, force, power numbers, more so than I am your, um, your weight that you're lifting. And because the end goal is in sports or athletics, isn't, Hey, how much weight can I lift? your end goal for sports and athletics is how much force and power can I produce? And so that is the goal. And I can produce, for instance, more power with a weight that's less than maximal weight. Um, And so using only heavy weights are, um, you're leaving something on the table. You're not fully getting the most out of your athlete. And so, Velocity-based training basically um, helps me do that. And I also get to right in front of them in real time. They see this the speed in which they move it. They, they have a target goal that I give them in the program that I have uh, come, come up with myself, um, their target velocity. And if they don't get that velocity, they know that they need to push harder. They need to drive harder with the, the weight that they're using. Um, at the end of that set, I can change weights right in the middle, right on the fly, if they're not getting the the speed in which I need them to get, I can take some weight off. Not that, and and most people would see, oh, hey, they got that weight three times for that that set. So that must be a good weight, it's fine. Well, if I'm trying to get a speed velocity range um, and they're under it, even though they're getting those three reps, I need to back the weight down. So um, it helps me literally see in between sets Exactly, how much weight to use? Whether you're using too little, too much? Are they fatiguing too much? Because um, that's another thing. Uh, they get a ton of endurance through their coaching uh, with their individual sports. So um, our main focus is explosion and power, um, not so much endurance. Because I don't have all the time in the world to be doing a ton of endurance work with them. So the last thing I want them to do when I'm trying to get maximal explosion and maximal power and maximal force. Um, um, I do not want to fatigue these athletes. And so, um, there's a lot of, uh, strategies and skill in, in, in writing the program so that I make sure that that doesn't happen. So I know that was a lot to impact there. I'm just trying to give you as general rundown as possible.
1: The velocity, like, you know, trying to get, like you said, the most, uh, like if you can lift a hundred pounds three times uh-huh. or whatever it is, yeah. you know, for the example, but you just kind of, you know, up, down. Uh, like you just do it quick but it, it, like ripping out 100 pounds like as quick <laughs> as you can because uh, i remember it like made me think of times and when, when in high school where you know you do a workout and then at the end it was a finisher of just a bar but you had to bench it as many times as you could in this like minute or 30 second period <laughs> or whatever and y- you get like halfway through and like you're like dead but it's because you're literally, like you talked about, I feel like you're putting, you're using as much force as possible trying to get like, and it it adds up. And I really like the whole thing with, you know, you're able to right there, show them like, hey, you're not getting the results you need. You're getting that instant yep. result. But also like sometimes I feel like you get done you, you, when you get done with a regular workout and you're like, you know, man, I didn't feel like I really got much. So, like you don't know, though, like you don't mm-hmm. know if you really got it. And sometimes you don't even know to the end. But that, like, right there, you, it shows, all right, I got to pick it up. Like, I, I have, like, because like, especially if you're going through training, you're paying for it. You might as well get the most out of it. Yep. And if, I mean, if you're going to the gym, you should get the most out of what you're, like, I don't care if you're there for 10 minutes. I don't care if you're there for two hours. Get the most out of that time that you were in the gym because it will be beneficial in the end.
0: Absolutely. Like, I am literally making them... Max their force production out on every single rep. So think about like with your feet pushing into the ground on like, let's just call it a squat. Okay. Or a deadlift. Okay. You know that feeling that goes through your legs that goes through your feet. I am maxing that force out that you are pushing into the ground every set because I want you to move the bar faster than you did the last time and faster than you did the last time and faster than you did. Now we're talking about doing it safely and with different weights. Um, Sometimes it's going to be near max effort. It's going to be up. Sometimes we'll go above max effort. Sometimes we'll do 40 some percent. Maybe sometimes we do 60 percent. So we're doing different types of uh, it's, it's very specific um, as far as going all through the force velocity curve. Um, that's another thing that I could spend some time on um, as far as that goes. Remind me of the force velocity curve. That is a that, that's a huge, important thing as far as assessing your athletes. Um, but, yeah, being able to max out every single rep. Let's just call it a summer. Let's say I had an athlete for an entire summer. For all those workouts throughout the summer, I maxed out every single one. The amount of improvement that they're going to see versus not doing that every single exercise is huge. And so, for instance, um, and this will maybe help make the connection a little bit better. How many times have you said, okay, I, as an athlete, I started my program. I increased my squat. I increased my deadlift by X amount of weight, uh, pounds. Um, before the season started. It's like, that's really cool. Congratulations, you got stronger. How, how does that, how is that quantified into your explosion, your power production? Well, through the velocity-based training that I do, I can also take not just the weight that you're using, but I know how much power you're producing. I know your average power, I know your peak power on any single lift, okay? And so I can st- look at where we were starting and how much power we were producing in said lift, um, usually we're talking about like ground forces driving through the ground. Um, we can also talk about bench pressing and, and, and driving with the upper body, but how much force or how much power were we producing early? And when we first started with the athlete versus let's call it we, in this example, the end of the summer, um, before they start their, their sport. And what I can do there is see percentage wise. For instance, I had just had an athlete that I did that with and their power production they were able to produce 30% more power. So 30% more power. You can think about that in terms of ground forces, in terms of driving with their lower body. That's a massive difference as far as, um, when you, when you think about it in terms of how much more power can I produce in my sport, not just how much more weight can I lift in the weight room, but in my sport, how much more power can I produce?
1: 30% more power. Like, you know, some people might like, Oh, that's like, it's just 30 whatever, but it, I mean, think about if you're an offensive lineman coming out out of your stance to block someone with 30 percent more power than you did a year ago, mm-hmm. or pitching, you're pushing off like 30 more power is insane. That's that's awesome. But what is yeah, when this you th- when you think about
0: it like that? When you think about it in terms of power and stuff like that, in terms of forces, your light bulbs really go off, and, and you're like, oh my gosh, that makes more sense in terms of sports in terms of my explosion on the field on the court whatever it happens to be
1: it's not always about the weight you lift. it's really yeah. like well you we've heard that for years and like you know i remember going into college and like we're in the weight room and i'm watching people you know bench 315 and i'm like i what the, i've <laughs> never seen anybody do that in person like i didn't think that, that would happen and but then also those are some of the kids that are standing on the sideline because it, they're not just because you can lift a lot of weight doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be you know the best athlete or the like whatever that you want to call it it but if you have more force than people if you have more of like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. now now we're talking you're probably going to be on the field
0: yeah the, the equation for force here's my math nerd coming out um i get to use this data all the time is you know force is mass times acceleration so there is a speed component there's an acceleration component um built into the producing more force. So if you can increase your velocity, you can increase your acceleration, your overall force is going to go up as well. So it's not just weight. It's not just mass. It's not just the heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. Um, that's going to increase the, uh, the force production It's a combination of both. Um, you know, I, I do this with all kinds of athletes and we have a really good power lifter and, um, using him as an example on his deadlifts, hooked him up to the velocity-based training. He's super strong, super strong. And you would be like, oh my gosh, he's doing everything right. Okay, And his numbers are really good. You start hooking him up and you do a force velocity uh, profile with him and you realize how force dominant he is. And what I mean by that is lower weights that he should have been moving at an accelerated much higher velocity he was not moving them very fast he was not able to move them very fast because the speed component the velocity acceleration component there was lacking in his performance but he was able to produce a ton of force like he could do it it was very slowly though so his curve here i mean his force numbers were up here but his velocity numbers were very shallow. They were just right here. So it was a very steep triangle almost is what you're like looking at. Um, and you want more of an even one-to-one almost ratio. And then you can push that whole triangle um, and the area under the curve is going to be your power. And so he has this super steep amount of force that he's producing, but he's leaving so much on the table that he doesn't even realize because his um, his velocity side of the table is so lacking. So if he was just to even out those that velocity a little bit more, get better on that, And it would also increase his force as well. So the more that goes this way and vice versa, you can push that triangle diagonally a little bit better.
1: Does the force, like, does it, that uh, force velocity curve, does it kind of change a little bit depending on the sport or is it pretty much should be about the same for every sport or athlete?
0: Yeah. Well, as far as like the numbers are going to change per athlete for sure. Mm -hmm. But like, as far as like how you want it to look and represent you want to try the the fastest way to get more area under your curve, let's just just think of it as a triangle. Think of it as a right triangle. I don't know how I'm drawing this based on the computer looking at me, (laughs) but just base it as a right triangle. You want it to be, you want the R squared number to to be a nice one, one one-to-one, okay? And the closer that is to -to one-to-one, the easier it is to push that entire triangle, move that entire line this way, okay, to put more area under the curve, which is your total force or your total um, uh, power production, the amount of power you're able to produce. Um, And so long story short, if you have it, you're an athlete who has one or the other and you're dominant in velocity, but very weak in force, you still need to train velocity, but maybe put a more emphasis on force. If you are very dominant in force, but very lacking in velocity, still train the force side but maybe put a little bit more of an effort or an emphasis on the velocity side. And once those start to even out and you get that nice R-squared number to be about a one, you can really then take even your program out and drive that whole line, that whole triangle, and just make that big right triangle even bigger and push it that way and put more area under the curve. So, long story short, you just kind of want to make sure that you're not deficient. We call it deficient in force production or deficient in velocity. And it's all based on you as an individual athlete. Like, where is your strength? And then, where's your weakness? Let's even those out. Now, get them both better.
1: So what's for like, what's a force training look like compared to like a velocity type training. So like what's so, what yeah. the difference? Force training is probably
0: like, like well, something that's more emphasized on force is probably something you're kind of familiar with as far as like heavier weights. So um there's actually a way to produce 10% more force than doing a pure one rep max. Um That's for another discussion and how I program uh, all my stuff. Um But Long story short, you're going to want to produce a ton of force by lifting a lot of weight. Now, there's safer ways to do that by using your velocity-based trainings and being able to, um, uh, whether it's a partial rep um, squat or a a deadlift off blocks, I can load more weight on it than you can technically handle with a full range of motion. And you don't want to do this all the time, but for instance, I can create a lot of ground forces by over- loading you um but also in a safe way where you're not in compromised positions so a force-based workout would be heavier weights um we're looking at 60 and up
1: do you a lot of so like when we were in college our second strength and conditioning coach that we had he did mm-hmm. a lot of he, all of our max outs were two rep max yep. he didn't like to do the one rep max what is your thought because like i feel like I mean obviously there's a safety thing but also having someone who does know how to properly do it and to overwatch uh-huh. you to like make sure you don't hurt yourself but you know what are your thoughts on the one people that, like the one rep max or the two rep max like is there a decent a good better way to max out or like well, how is your max out considered
0: yeah so I, I, that's just another reason i'm such a huge fan of um, velocity I, mean, I am able see if we go in full production, right? Like we're not in weight maximum production. Uh, not able to create more using sub max weight. Um, no, but that's because I measure everything in terms of force, um, in terms of power. Um, yeah, we use those, we use weights to get that. But uh, my speeds tell me what weights to use and what weights you're able to handle. Um, and so we keep our athletes pretty safe as far as like that goes. Um, and we're not doing um, I, mean, when I have an athlete because I'm able to use the speed as my indicator, a velocity for certain weights. I have to have them do one rep maxes. I can get near rep one rep maxes. Now, if you don't have that that check, that balance system of being able to see every single rep what they're doing with certain weights, then you're going to have to go about per, the, the old school way with percentages. You're going to have to go. Hey, I got to find out my one rep max. Um, I have to get as close as possible with my workout for, say I'm doing 60%, say I'm doing, you know, 40%, say I'm doing 70%, whatever that day the workout calls for. Um, and so without the velocity based training, without some type of, uh, you want to call it a gadget, I don't really know what you want to call it, without something that's telling you the velocity. You're going to have to do some one rep maxes. I don't need to, and I don't do it because it's safer for my athletes. I can produce more force than a one rep max other ways, and uh, all my stuff is in terms of forces of power production. Uh, We use weight to do that, but, you know, uh, yeah, that's pretty much my answer, I guess. (laughs)
1: Are you, I've been seeing you post a lot of the, uh, golfing, you know, you're hitting the driver. Are you using the, uh, that velocity training with the, that, as well? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I use it for everything as far as if you want to be an explosive athlete, you need to, you need to get with somebody who knows how to do that. And somebody who's done it for years, um, like myself, um, because it's not just like a cookie cutter thing. It's like, okay, I have my, uh, velocity based, uh, training apparatus. Um, I can get my velocities from my athletes, and here's what I'm supposed to do with it. Now, you have to the, – there is a, a, a learning curve. You have to be able to um, have experience with the athletes. You have to know exactly what ranges to put them in. You have to know exactly what uh, velocities to use. You have to know a lot of things about how to um, – you know, potentiation and different parts of the strength and conditioning world and take all these different worlds and put them together in a really cool program. You also have to realize that with an athlete, as a personal trainer, you're only going to get them about twice a week on average, sometimes more. But um, how do I maximize those two times a week? Um, How do I lift with them in, in season versus out of season? How can I keep them safe? But also all my athletes hit PRs during the season. And that's kind of unheard of. That's another topic that's crazy, but they're also doing it in a way that is safe, that is um, helping them reduce injury, but they're not getting fatigued either. I can, I have athletes come to me day before games, day of games. And we do a priming workout where actually um, we'll potentiate things and they'll feel faster and more explosive during their, during their, um, their game. So there's an in-season uh, a curve that you need to learn that's different from what you've been taught in the past. And it's very specific because you can mess it up pretty easy. But as far as like the the long drive stuff that I'm doing, I'm absolutely, uh, I've always been an athlete. I want to uh, continue to train like an athlete um, and I'm doing all this stuff. So I might as well. And yeah, I, I, I do a ton of velocity based training. I just did some yesterday um, with some split squats. I do velocity based training. Um, I get, I get the tracker on me at least three times a week um, with, with, with different lifts.
1: What is in season versus out of training, out of season training, like look like for you exactly. Like what are some of the differences that you, Mm -hmm. you know, incorporate in in season versus out of season? Cause you talked about the one rat, like, you know, them hitting PR uh, PRs in season, which Mm -hmm. like, that isn't something, usually you're not lifting as like well as you are out of season, like out of season was when I always hit, you know, my big maxes and stuff like that. And in season, it was kind of. Also, I feel like some of it's on yourself. Some of, you kind of. Some of us. I did it said tough from times where you half-ass, like you know you can do more weight, but you're not trying to get too sore for practice or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what's what's in season versus out of season training look like for you?
0: Yeah. So again, remember we are talking in terms of force production, right? So that again really makes you go, oh, okay. So there's other ways he can produce a ton amount of force without maxing out every day. Now, also with that being said, your weights are going to go up in season um, if done right. So my out of season though, um, it's a little more intense. Um, but once you, you know, it's, it, it, it's hard to it's hard to describe specifics because every athlete's different, but we're going to do a little bit more volume out of season. And so the volume per workout, the amount of workouts per week, we're going to do more. Once in-season comes, that's when the phenomenon happens as far as if you know how to, how to program it, if you know how to do it correctly, if you know how to really systematically put things together. Um, and in-season is where you're going to want to lower the volume a lot. Um, we do a little thing called micro dosing. And so micro dosing is a cool um, term and a higher level of um, strength and conditioning coaches um, for in-season lifting. Now, I take the microdosing that they do, and then I also take the velocity-based training that I do, and I come and I merge them together, and I have a super, I want to call it like um, all lifting has its risk, but it's a super safe version of working out during the season, but also producing a ton amount of force without fatigue, without getting your system run down, And still allowing you to perform because that's the biggest thing right during season is people getting tired and sore and not being able to perform um during season and we really lower the volume we microdose things um and but we still produce tons of force we do not the intensity is super high so that's something that like people don't realize it's like okay during the season let's just maintain let's kind of just you know not go too hard let's don't be too sore and that's better than nothing, but we just we still hit super high intensity um, lifts. Um, we do it with the velocity based tracking system so that we don't um, have to do single rep maxes necessarily all the time. But we are still lifting a heavy weight and we're doing it um, in a way though that is not going to overtax the system um, and we're going to microdose it
1: man how much research have you done on this stuff because it's like lot. listening to you talk like it's <laughs> obvious that you've put in the time of you know really learn truly learning about it like you mm-hmm. you truly do it's something that you truly understand and that we like, just listening to you talk about it, it it is very impressive i gotta give you credit for it
0: <laughs> thanks man yeah it's my passion i love it i absolutely love it when you find something you love you'll 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 become a nerd about it and i'm an absolute mm-hmm. nerd when it comes to um researching the topics as far as uh how do I make athletes faster, stronger? Um, how do I keep them healthier? Um, injury prevention. How can I lift during season, all season? So, as far uh, as research goes, I, I, hours is not like a, a good good way of describing it. It would be weeks, days, months, years. Um, and I am always. I don't listen to music anymore in my in my car. I listen to podcasts. I listen to informational, boring podcast that people have zero interest in listening to. Um, just looking for all these little mini nuggets that I can take from all these really, really smart people and put it together in my own little system. Um, and so I'm not a huge music guy anymore. I mean, I, am a huge music guy. Don't get it twisted. I love, but when I'm in the car, it's my time for learning. Um, when I have stuff, that's not that i can just have uh, on my phone a podcast up and i can be listening to it while i'm doing something um, and i hear something boom rewind write it down so as far as like the research that goes um, i'm always 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 learning i would like to give back as well but always learning and always um, looking for that next thing of how do i maximize this how do i maximize this how do i maximize this this and this and i just get down rabbit holes and i get going
1: That's, you know, one of the things podcast is like really starting to take, like, I mean, it's been taking off, but it's really starting to, you know, it's almost like a book. Like people talk about, you know, that example you talked about where, you know, instead of watching Netflix at night, grab a book and read, but like, it's the same instead of listening to, like, you you know what, listen to music. Like I usually, like I listen to podcasts while I'm driving to the job site for work. And like on the way there, I listen to a podcast (laughs) just like, cause it's in the morning, start my day. On the way back, I might listen to music, but usually it's still a podcast. But like Mm -hmm. you, instead of listening to music and you could be growing, you could be learning while you're driving, you know, maybe split it in half. If you want to, if you you really want to listen to music, maybe half the drive, if you have a long drive, half the drive, listen to music, half the drive, listen to podcasts. But there's so many podcasts out there, like about every topic. It's it's becoming the new books in a way where you don't have to actually sit down and read. You can listen to it whenever you're, you know, while you're working out even, or while you're driving, you can listen to it in so many different places. It's just, then they can be so beneficial. Do you have any podcasts that you recommend?
0: Oh my goodness. I listen to so many different things. It's I do usually, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's all kinds of like individual podcasts for like entertainment and stuff like that, um, that I could recommend, but it's just about your passion, whatever you like to do and whatever you want to learn about. Oh my goodness. It's out there. And there's some crap out there as well. Like, so if you start listening to something, and then you go, you have to cross-reference what you're listening to. So you got to cross-reference it with somebody else. And I'm, I go back to this person, I'm like, oh, that didn't make any sense. And so you can uh, you can validate. I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, and uh, yeah, but it's as far as about seven years ago, I told myself, man, I wish I listened to more books on audio. I wish I listened to more podcasts. Da 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 da. I wish I was learning more about certain things. I would be so much further ahead right now. This was seven years ago. So I started doing it. And that's like my slogan, uh, stop wishing, start doing, right? Um, And so I stopped wishing that I'd been doing this for years. And I just started right there, right? From right then, boom, clean slate, let's go. And I looked back in the year, I was like, man, I'm so glad I started. And then I looked back in two years, I was like, man, I'm so glad I started. Then I look back in three and four and five and seven years, and it's like the amount of knowledge that I have uh, been able to accrue in the discipline in which I like and the discipline I wanted to learn about has been massive. And my advantage over anybody else who's in my field of study has is, is become massive as well. And so just by starting, instead of wishing that, oh, I wish I would have started earlier. It's too late now. Just by doing it, eventually you get to that point where you're like, And I'm very happy that I started at that point.
1: Yeah, it's that's one of the things too. I wanted to bring up again, like we talked, you talked about it a a while, but or like at the beginning of the episode, kind of like how you know this. You don't want to call it a success story because like you're always still learning. But also like that's one of the things that I want to point out is this isn't this isn't something that happened in like a year even. This like you said, this has been like ten years plus, like of grinding and learning and failures and things that didn't go the way you wanted them to go but like everything is a learning opportunity and it take everything takes time you can't rush it you can't rush like perfection you can't rush uh, whatever you want to call it you can't rush success success takes time
0: absolutely and if it didn't take very much time it's hard to say if it was that worth it or how much you learned or how how sustainable it's going to be one of those things
1: success should come with a lot of you know downs, like because that. I mean, that's pretty normal. That you're not. There's not very many people. I feel like that you see. You know, the their success story, whatever you want to call it, that is like just here. Yep, I everything went perfect. I you know started this company, never had any issues, and I'm a billionaire now. That's yeah. not how it works. Like well, a lot know, of. Them I mean,
0: are- whether you like the uh, you know a uh, uh, guy out there right now who's super popular, uh, whether. He- you like him or hate him is right now is the liver King. Do you listen to the liver King at all?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. And so whether you agree or disagree with, um, you know, his ancestral tenants or whatever it happens to be. The one thing I love that the liver King has really connected with me on is something I've always believed in, but I never knew how to put it into words. And he did a great job, putting it into words. That's basically like, if you want something great or you want something, uh, you want to enjoy something, whether it's just a piece of cake, whether it's something small like that or whether it's something big like a, like a thriving business, whatever it happens to be. If you want to enjoy something, you have to pay for it somehow. Like There has to be a penance, right? You need, to, you need to pay for that small thing that you're going to enjoy or if you're going to have a big successful business, you're going to have to pay for it. Like There are things that you need to do. You can't be lazy. You can't sit on your butt, get out there, do something, and earn it. And if you earn it, you deserve it, and then you can you know feel good about eating your piece of cake per se.
1: One of the biggest pieces of advice I learned from my current boss that, you know, it's just a little, little minor thing, but it taught me, it made me realize a lot of things too. He said, nothing in life is free. Whether whether somebody gives you something for free, it's not free. Like there's something, a sacrifice. There's something every time it doesn't matter. Nothing in life is free. Yeah, I mean,
0: I don't really have anything to go off that, but yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) We're going to move into some of the final segments of the podcast. I do have a question that I like to ask all of my guests. It's a fun question. I don't think I asked it the first time you were on because I started it. I started doing it after, I believe, but I may have asked you. I don't remember. But if you could go back in time and tell your 16-year-old self one thing, what would it be?
0: Man. Man. Wow, that's such a good. I want to have such a better answer than I have off the top of my head. I don't really have anything <laughs> awesome off the top of my head. If I could tell my sixteen-year-old self something, what would it be? Man, I don't know. You know what? They're gonna have a lot of ups and downs. You're gonna have a lot of tough trials. You know, just you're built for this. You know, you're tough. You know, and uh, you know all those times that right now that you think that your dad's being too tough on you, like you're gonna look back on this and you're gonna thank him. And that would be something that in the, in the moment you don't realize. And then later on, it's like, you know what pops? Thanks. Because you got me through a lot of tough times when I got older and I was able to handle this. And I was able to pick myself up and not throw a pity party and get to getting on and making sure that, um, we don't do that again.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like as 16 year olds are like, you know, you know, when we're younger, we think the world's against us, but in reality, it's just training. us.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. Or that we know everything.
1: Uh, yeah. I, mean, I still think I know everything. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I think my mom's ready to kill me. My girlfriend's right. ready to kill me at times. It's like <laughs> one of the, one of my former bosses, he also taught me one of the biggest things he taught me was uh, you, you'll be a lot better off in the world when you learn that you don't know shit like and it's true like when you really think about it and you if the less you try to act like you know the better off sometimes you'll get like because it no one wants to be in a room full of with somebody that thinks they know everything
0: bingo did i one of the one of my favorite things to do i do this with everybody is i'll just if we're in a room when people are talking about something even if i think i have an idea about that whatever it is i sit there and i play dumb I just want to hear, I want to listen, I want to hear what you have to say, and I want to hopefully pick something up. I mean, if eventually it goes down the wrong path and I can you know, say, I don't know if that's accurate, but at the same time, um, I love, love, love playing, not per se dumb, but playing like, oh, tell me more. I'm not quite familiar with that, even if I am.
1: And well, you never know what you might, you might learn something new in that conversation, but yep. if you... Yeah, you know oh yeah i already know about that then you might not then you're probably not going to learn that thing because they're not gonna oh he already knows so we don't even need to talk about it but like one of the best things to do is be the dumbest person in the room because if you're the dumbest person in the room now it's not always per se that drill but like you know playing the dumbest person in the room Mm -hmm. but you might learn like you know it is crazy what you will learn when you're around people that are smarter than you
0: just like with with my training i maximize every rep Maximize every situation that you're in as far as knowledge gained and and growth
1: Exactly then with that that moves us into the best segment of the podcast, which is motivation monday Motivation Monday is the point in the episode where I lot of guests to give the Roughnecks listeners a little inspirational bump to set the tone for their week as they listen on Monday morning. So what do you got for Motivation Monday?
0: Motivation Monday, easiest. Uh, it's super easy. Stop wishing, start doing. It, it, it's such a simple saying that encompasses so much. If you think about it, it can... It can be a factor in anybody's life, no matter where they're at, stop wishing, start doing. It's on the back of our T-shirts at the Apex. We put it on the back so that everybody sees it every single day. Stop wishing, start doing, whether it's, I want to learn more about this. I want to start a business. I want to be better in this discipline. I want to be better in these sports. Whatever it happens, to, I want to be a better family man, whatever it happens to be. Stop wishing about what you don't have and just start getting something done. Stop uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to refrain from cussing here. Um, but at the same time, s- stop being a sissy. Just get it done. Just start, start doing, start somewhere and just stop wishing about it.
1: The first step with anything that you do in life is starting. Just, just start. Get it doesn't going. matter what, what you want to get, what we want to accomplish. You want to start a business. You want to be, you want to read more books. Okay, start, like just start doing it. And like the, What is it? The consistency will, uh, consistency and discipline will like be there when motivation is not. You're going to have days where you're not motivated, but if you're consistent and driven and you stay consistent and you work at something and you start doing it, you're going to be a lot better off. You just have to start, 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 start.
0: I think we've all heard the sayings, um, stop talking about it, be about it. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. There you go. Exactly. Just be about it.
1: And with that, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Where can people follow you on social media and follow some of your training?
0: Um, the Apex Fitness Center is uh, is our gym. Uh, we have all of our social medias out there there. Um, Trevor Scott underscore Apex FC. That is my individual handle. I post a lot of uh, velocity-based stuff there. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'm always helping, wanting to help uh, improve athletes. Um, uh, especially baseball players and golfers, the amount of ground force they, stuff they use. I, I love, love, love training those, those type of athletes, but also football, basketball, volleyball. Um, everybody can benefit from it. So if you have any uh, questions, feel free to reach out. Send me a DM, uh, whatever it happens to be. I'm also posting little nuggets on there as far as exercises you can do. And uh, maybe you can pick up some things.
1: Definitely go give him a follow. You will not regret it. I really appreciate you coming on, but you guys know the deal. Until next week or till Friday, sorry, until Friday, (laughs) life is hard and is going to knock you down just like a bull does to a bull rider. Don't let the bull of life walk all over you. Get up, grab the bull by the horns, and take control of your life. Roughnecks out. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. If you liked today's episode, then be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with a friend if you got some value from it. Head over to social media and follow the Roughnecks Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to that YouTube channel. Don't forget to get you some of that merch by heading over to roughneckspodcast.com and subscribe to the newsletter while you're there. See you all next week. Roughnecks, out.